Welcome to Divine Downloads. This is your host, Cassandra Bodzak. And this is the episode that a lot of you have been asking for, which is all about how I found my husband to be and our love story and my journey along that. Um, so many of you have expressed interest in saying out the engagement. So here you go, an unadulterated look into my private and personal life um, that I'm hoping will also be really helpful for any of you guys out there moving through your relationships right now, looking to find your person. Um, my hope is that this is inspirational and offers you some tools um, that you can learn from some of the things I did right in this relationship that I got wrong in a lot of ones before. But before we get into that, I have to, have to, have to take a little commercial break for <laughs> my own program, um, the Miracle Mastermind. So the Miracle Mastermind is gearing up to kick off first week of February, and we are accepting enrollments right now. If you feel called this year to do the full 365-day workbook of A Course in Miracles, if you are ready to totally dive into this deep metaphysical mind reprogramming from a consciousness based on fear and lack and scarcity to a consciousness that's connected to love, abundance, and infinite potential, then I really hope that you check out the link below, the Miracle Mastermind. Look into that. I'm going to be putting a mini podcast up after this episode that just really explains the Miracle Mastermind, answers some frequently asked questions. Um, I did this with Divinely You as well, and you guys really loved it and appreciated it being in podcast form. So I'm going to do that for you again. So look forward to that. And without further ado, let's dive into my love story. <laughs> well, I feel like my love story actually began with the man that I dated before I met Patrick. <laughs> so I had been in this relationship with um, this man for uh, maybe six months, I don't know. And we had been friends for longer than that. And um, when that relationship ended, I really feel like that was when the shift happened where I really got open and clear to call in my forever man. <laughs> um, and, you know, what happened, and some of you guys may be able to relate to this, or maybe not, if you've been happily married for years, but <laughs> fresh off the dating scene, um, I realized that when that relationship ended, and a lot of this was um, because I was also unpacking this, you know, with my therapist, was really looking at how I had been chronically dating men who could not provide me with what I wanted. So I had been saying to myself, and I feel like this, oh my God, we do this in every area of our lives, right? Um, I had been saying, this is what I want. Like, I want a committed relationship. I'm ready for my partner. I've had so many wonderful years at this point of dating fabulous men, traveling all over the world, living, you know, a certain kind of lifestyle that I thoroughly enjoyed and I'm super grateful um, with my work and, and with, you know, my romantic life that I was ready to truly settle down, find someone I wanted to start a family with and ground myself a bit more. And so what I saw was that I continually went for men that were kind of from that, like, let's say the former chapter of my life, right? I was going for the, these men that 
lived similar lives where they were traveling all the time or doing all these things where they were really purpose-driven and, and, and all that stuff, which was all great, but they were just not ready to commit. They were not ready. They didn't have that in their, you know, three-year plan, let's say, that I really want to find my person and, you know, settle down, so to speak. And so um, accepting that was huge for me. And it opened me up to the possibility of looking at different men. And one of the things that, you know, how I actually met Patrick, which is pretty hilarious, was it had been like about a month and a half only after this breakup. And I had done all this like deep work and gotten really clear around, you know, I had made these choices that weren't actually aligned with my greater goal, right? It's kind of like, you know, when we say like we want to get to that next level in our business, but then we don't ever you know, we don't ever actually want to like allocate the time or take the leap or invest in the things that we need, right? We say we want to make this thing a priority, but then our actual actions and our choices aren't reflecting it. So I'm sure you can see that in a lot of areas of your life. But, um, but I had finally made that distinction in romance, that uh, my highest, my highest aligned vision was actually not lining up with the choices and the actions I was taking, where I was investing my energy and my time. And so I had gotten really clear about, okay, well, what do I want? And I unapologetically, I had this night with some of my girlfriends where we just got together and we meditated and we did, we wrote out these lists, which I'm sure everyone has heard of by now, right? We wrote out these lists of what we truly wanted in a partner. And I will say, this had not been the first time, I'd always been a really hesitant to write out these lists because I'd always been of the school of, you know what, he's going to surprise me. I, I don't know, like, I don't want to confine him. I don't, whatever, right? But the thing is, the list is not about identifying like what a guy's job is or what color his hair is or how tall he is or whatever. I mean, you can add those things if you feel a specific urge about something, but um, it's really just about the characteristics of him and the characteristics of your relationship. And so this time I wrote the list, I got more unapologetic than I've ever been, like ludicrous to the fact, to the fact when I read out my list, there was a part of me that was like, you're asking for way too much. <laughs> um, and one of the things that was really notable that I had always, literally, since I can remember, since I even like thought of the idea of getting married to someone when I was younger, knew that when I met my person, it was going to happen faster than the average bear. I always thought that within like six months or so, we'd be engaged. It would be something that we would know right away. It would, like, I just knew deep down in my body and my cells that it would not be this kind of like longer courtship where we dated for a year, we lived together for a year. Then we, you know, like it was, no, it was going to be like, we were just going to know it was going to be like magnets, right? And I also knew that he was going to show up for me in a way that I hadn't experienced before. I knew that he was going to be persistent and consistent and he was going to embrace my, you know, my eccentricities, <laughs> um, that he was going to provide this feeling that I was gonna feel. I had this feeling um, 
when I did my meditation and I visualized, you know, a lot of you guys who have followed me for a while have probably done that rock star day meditation or visualizing that. In almost all my programs, I have you visualize on a regular basis what your ideal day is. And so in my ideal day, I always had this vision of me meditating um, in the morning. And there's just this like feeling of him in the apartment or the house and him getting his breakfast together or whatnot. Like I just, this feeling was just this feeling of unconditional love and this feeling of someone that like supported you no matter what. Um... And so I just wrote all of this stuff down. I just got really like, you know what, I could reach this point in my life and where I loved my life. You know, I have a great business. I get to do what I love for a living. I am helping women every day expand their lives and reach their dreams. Um, I get to write books and give talks and lead meditations and have a podcast and and, and have this 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 business that I've truly created from my heart and, and from my soul. And I have amazing friendships and I travel and, and whatnot. So I kind of got to this place where I was like, life is really good right now. And I don't need someone that's, that's going to, that's not going to add to that, right? And then I also really knew in my heart, I have not been able to settle for anything in my life. And, you know, it's kind of like a running joke with my parents, right? where they were always like, yeah, you know, like you, you can't, like, you can't make me settle. I'm like physically allergic to settling <laughs> in any area of my life. And I've, I've always kind of been that way. It's why I've had to do my own thing. And I've had to kind of create the life that I have right now. And so I just knew that I would never be able to settle in my relationships. I would never be able to be with the guy that was good enough. Right. Um, it would haunt me, right? I would not be able to stay. Um, and for any of you guys who have been in that relationship where you have like that guy that checks all the boxes on paper and then <laughs> and then you're just like, mm, but I don't feel it. It doesn't feel that way. You know, I never really knew until Patrick what it was to what like what the feeling was like what that feeling is like when you find your person but now that I know I'm like oh my god like nothing else compares it's unmistakable and I think that's you know if you talk to a lot of your married friends a lot of them will echo that as well um if they're in happy partnerships that it was just this it's just this this you know un, undeniable feeling you just know um anyway back to us dating so uh, we actually met through an app. So I was in this phase and I wasn't really, you know, I was still kind of, you know, taking some time after that relationship, not really intending to find anything serious um, right now, but was still like, okay, you know what, I want to go on some like duty date, so to speak. I just want to like get out there and kind of like cleanse my palate from my ex, <laughs> which is something that I like to do between relationships where essentially I just go on dates with interesting gentlemen, um, and allow myself to just kind of truly experience that there are a ton of different options in the world. There are a lot of other attractive, interesting men in the world. And I don't need to kind of like, you know, um, linger on someone that didn't work out. And so I had been on like a week of doing this and I had set up dates <laughs> I'm just like, when I want to do something, I just like want to get it done. So I was like, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm going to just kind of like blitzcrack this. I'm going to go on a date every single day. And by the end of like a week or two, I'm 
I'm sure my palate will be fully cleansed and then I'll just kind of like retreat and like go back to focusing on work for the rest of the summer and I'll reemerge in the fall and perhaps more start dating more seriously. <laughs> so Patrick was date number two <laughs> um, that week. And I remember that night um, really not wanting to go out. I was doing something for my business. I was not feeling super pretty. Um, and I put on like literally like a turtleneck and like comfortable jeans. And I was just like, whatever. He His saving grace was that he actually picked this, he picked this restaurant in Abbott Kinney that I had been dying to try. <laughs> it was cosmic. It was cosmic because if he had literally probably picked like a lamer place to go, I may have canceled. But something about one, that he picked this restaurant that I was really interested in trying. And two, that I had like committed to myself that I was just going to do this, that like this was just a palate cleanser week. So I go. Um, I didn't even realize at the time that he was driving up from Orange County. So he had like operated that day and was driving up an hour and a half, um, to go on this first date with me. And, um, we went out and I remember, um, after, after that date, it was like, it was the first time I'm sure if any of you guys can, um, relate to this after kind of like healing after a relationship it was kind of like the first time where like I didn't like I was so present I was so present in the moment I enjoyed like every second of our conversation the night flew by you know a lot of times when I call it like duty dating it's because you know you can be in that space where even if the guy is amazing you're still kind of like in your head or you're just like not there yet or you're just not open there was something about him that just like I could not help but be present and we had this great conversation and you know we we're trying all these different foods which I love obviously um and it was so fun and so I remember after that night being really surprised at myself I think I actually said something to him at the end where I was like you know I actually had a really good time with you tonight and he was like, oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're so, I'm glad you're shocked by that. But uh, I had a really great time too. When do I get to see you again? And um, I was going, actually going away from my friend's wedding, like that Sunday uh, for Sahara's wedding, for those of you who have followed that whole as well. Um, and I was like, well, I'm leaving for Hawaii for like a week on Sunday but I could see you on Saturday for dinner if you want. So he's like, that's perfect. You know, pen me in. Let's go out on Saturday. Um, and so I, I don't need to give you like the whole play by play of every single day we went on. <laughs> but um, I will say the notable things, you know, I was in a real space of surrender. It wasn't like as much as I had a great time, there wasn't like this feeling of like, oh, my God, this is my husband. Right. I didn't know he was my person until we went to Europe together. And so, but I think he knew much sooner. Um, and he goes back and forth about this, but I think it's just because he's a little embarrassed that he knew first. But <laughs> he, on our second date, no, is our, yeah. So I think after our second date was when he knew. On our third date, so I literally had this crazy travel thing where I was back between. Hawaii, between Hawaii and going to New York for another trip, I was in town for 48 hours and I already had plans to go to a Grateful Dead concert with my friend. 
Um, but she was like, okay, well, I'm going to ask the guy she's dating to go. Why don't you ask this guy to come? So I literally told him, I was like, I'm only going to be back in LA for 48 hours. I'm going to go to this Grateful Dead concert. You want to come with me? That's your chance to see me while I'm home. Otherwise, you'll have to wait until I'm back from New York. She was like, on it. That sounds amazing. Let's do the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Whatever. So at that concert, this is our third date. <laughs> At that concert, we talk all the way through it, which if you know me, is really rare for me because I love the Grateful Dead and I love to just like jam and like be mellow and like move to the music. So I'm not like a talker during those kinds of concerts. Um, so we talk through the concert and I end up kind of casually inviting him to meet me in Berlin. So I was going to New York. I was going to be back home for a week and sorry, this is too logistical, but some of you guys might enjoy all this story. <laughs> and for those of you who don't, it's okay. I promise there are bigger overarching lessons to be learned in this. But I just felt comfortable and I was, didn't honestly think he would take me up on it, but was like, you know, what? I'm having a pretty good time with this guy. My travel schedule is insane. So I know it's going to really interrupt us getting any momentum dating, but let me just throw it out to him. Um, I was like, I'm going on this refugee trip, I'm visiting Greece and Germany, I'm going to end in Berlin, but then I've already planned a week of traveling after where I'm going to do Berlin for a few days, Copenhagen, and then Paris. If you want to join for any or part of that, um, you're welcome, otherwise I'll be back whatever day it was, right? And he was like, are you serious? I would love, like he speaks German, um, so he was like, I'd love to, you know, meet you in Berlin and come with you for the rest of your trip if you're open to that. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, and he booked the ticket. <laughs> he just booked the ticket and he showed up and he was like, I have a special feeling about this. And he was like, yeah, some of my friends are telling me it's a little crazy, but I just have a special feeling about you and I'm willing to bet the house on it, so to speak. I'm going to go all in. And so this made me so nervous, honestly. And I remember even, you know, we went on a couple more dates before we ended up meeting in Germany. And I was still so nervous before he came because I knew that on that trip, I would know. I am someone that doesn't travel. Uh, I travel a lot and I don't travel um, with people often. Like I usually am kind of an independent traveler where I'll like have my own room, do my own thing and, you know, I'll be with a group or whatnot, but I, I'm not someone that like partner travels a lot. Um, and so I knew spending that much time with him, mind you, before this trip, maybe this is TMI, but like we hadn't even been up to each other's apartments. So we hadn't even spent an overnight, you know, here. So it was definitely, you know, living life on the edge, but you know, I can't say that's not my style. And it was also really, you know, for me, I think it was a big, you know, a big showing of the kind of person he was. Um, and that kind of met me where I'm at, where I do want someone that is down to do that kind of thing, you know, um, you know, even right now, like we're planning like a last minute, you know, uh, ski trip to the French Alps because some of his friends are getting together. That is something that I love. That's like part of my lifestyle, kind of like impromptu travels and going all over the world. And that's something that I think if I didn't have a partner that appreciated that, one, it would just be harder to sustain and I would feel constrained. 
So, you know, when I'm going to visit, going to Bali with my girlfriends or doing something else, even if he's not coming with me, the fact that he gets it um, is huge. So anyway, I passed that test and it was when we were in Copenhagen um, that I really, I remember this one morning, I had a very personal incident <laughs> that I was embarrassed about um, because it was, you know, so new in our relationship and I felt so vulnerable and he handled it like a flippin' champion. And without skipping in a beat, it was like in that moment, I saw him not as this guy that I didn't even know if was my boyfriend at the time, but I was just like, oh no, this is my husband. Like this is gonna be the guy that like holds my children. You know, this is gonna be the guy that's gonna like see like the full spectrum of me and be able to hold it and like show up for it. Um, and also obviously on that trip, the fact that like, we are, we both have different styles of how we travel, but he so seamlessly was able to intuit um, what I needed, when I needed space, when I needed support, what, like, he, he was just tuned into me so well, and it's so funny because, you know, he's so science, you know, he went to med school, he's a surgeon, he he is so um, type A, he's so very, like, he's uh, Libra, Virgo rising, he's, like, very clean, um, and I'm the opposite, I am, like, this, like, magical hurricane <laughs> of sorts, and so I think sometimes opposites do attract, and I've done that in the past, but I think what the difference was, was now once I knew that, yeah, opposites attract and that can be like super sexy and hot and heavy, but can this person actually sustain like day-to-day -day life with me um, and honoring those flows and honoring like what I'm going to need. And, you know, when we were in Copenhagen, he actually even found, because I had made a bunch of comments about how we're going to be there for a new moon and I wanted to do a cacao ceremony, and I heard about this thing, and he literally researched, because I was so, I ended up getting so consumed with my refugee trip, and focusing on that, and being there, that I didn't have time to, like, plan anything for our trip, and he researched, and this guy who had never been to, I don't, not even, like, a yoga class, like, found us a cacao ceremony for the new moon in Copenhagen, and went to it with me, and had, like, a beautiful, we had this beautiful transformative experience, where he had, like, these, you know, me memories from his childhood. I was the one actually that felt so uncomfortable and self-conscious. <laughs> um, and we both had such a growing experience from it. It was those, it was those little moments that just like spoke to my soul and made me realize like, wow, like this is really something different. Um, and it wasn't just the, you know, I'm, I'm trying to articulate it in little memories and moments to help you but it was more of a feeling than anything it was like these little instances and the way just he held me and took care of things really just showed me this is like life partner material here and not just like he is a could be a great husband to someone but like this like we are a really good team uh, a really fun team where we're both expanding each other's each other's knowledge about things because he had a lot of beautiful knowledge, um, you know, from having a European background that he could share with me. And the way I look at things is completely different. Where you know I'm looking at a lot of the spiritual significance, the different places that we go to. Um, so it was just a really beautiful, expansive 
thing. And so um, I think we both, after that trip, it was just like we knew it was on. There were no games. I think that's something that people had told me over and over and over again that I never believed when I was single. People were always like, you don't know when it's your person, you don't have to play a game. When it's your person, you don't have to like wait to text them. When it's your person, you're like, you're not going to have to do that. I will say as a caveat to that, I was very much in my power when we met. And so he he did most of the footwork. He was the one that had to continually rise to meet me and come to me um, in the beginning of our relationship, especially and he even made a comment about it once, I remember, because <laughs> he was like, we were out on a, on a date once, and he said, you know, out of all the women that I've dated, I've never, like, you never call me. I've never had that before. Like, you never, you never reach out. Like, I, and he was like, but at the same time, there's, like, part of me that sometimes doesn't want to reach out and, like, see, like, okay, well, is she ever going to reach out? But then there's the other part of me like that is mature and and would never do that because I don't want to I know I want to talk to you and I know I want to see you again and and until you tell me hey I don't want to see you again or I don't want to talk to you anymore I'm just going to keep coming and I was like well of course like every time you reach out to me it's always a favorable response I'm always happy to hear from you I always get back to you in a timely manner like there's no like things like that. I'm just in a place right now where I really love sitting in my feminine. I really love letting you come to me. And I really love focusing on my work and my friends when you're not around. And he was like, all right, fair enough. Well, I promise to always call you. And um, and I told him, and I promise to every once in a while surprise you and ring you. And um, it was really funny because the times I do call him, or especially in the beginning, now we've kind of even out because we live together, but... Um, in the beginning, when I would call him, he would be like, oh my gosh, what do I owe this great honor that the lovely Cassandra Bonsack is ringing my phone? Um, and ladies, I think that matters. I think it was a helpful dynamic um, that, like I said, it wasn't a game because that's just where I, I got in the work that I've done in my life and the spiritual work I've done and the amount of work I've done around uh, my worthiness and um, in making my life truly something that I feel proud of and that I feel connected to and that really lights me up in and of itself that I was able to just come from that place and and also just acknowledge I think it goes back to that place where I had acknowledged that that was something that I really wanted that might not matter to a lot of people but I love the fact that like I have never ever at one point in our entire relationship wondered if he was going to call wondered if I was going to hear from him and to this day he is excellent at communication he's excellent like when I'm traveling he'll text me you know he'll text me in the morning he'll you know coordinate our schedules so if he has a break in his surgeries he can FaceTime with me or if I have my break my thing I'll like he is on it and it's not and I don't have to, it's not something I have to force. It's not something I ever have to like enforce. I can't even tell you the amount of men before I met him that I would literally have to like request a once a week phone call from, which now seems completely absurd. Um, 
And once again, if that's not your priority, then that's not your priority. But I think also um, that was something that I was able to do because I was really in that unattached place. I wasn't, I will say, even, even after our trip to Europe, when I was more attached in the way of I had that feeling it was so different because it wasn't like oh my god I have this feeling and I hope he has it too or I have this feeling and and now I better not mess it up or whatever it was just like I have this feeling I know he feels the same way and it's on like and I still feel safe and secure in that place and and, you know, one of the other, those things that I wrote down about, like, him really taking the lead when I was on my list, and I originally wrote it with my girlfriends about him beating me to every punch. And he really did. Like, we went, he invited me on a ski trip he had already planned to Austria um, the next month or two months later. And so when we were in Austria together, um, we was just joking around and brought up, like, oh, like, we should you know, buy a house out here in Austria. So we have like a European vacation home in the mountains. It's so beautiful. And it's like fairy nature, you know, paradise up there. And I really loved it. He really loves it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's totally for sure. I think we should probably work on getting some California real estate um, for our main place before we do that. But I think that's in the future. Um, but again, like just like being very like kind of like off the cuff, um, but practical, I guess, <laughs> phrasing my opinion. Um, and he, I can't even remember now how he swung it around, but <laughs> somehow, somehow he swung this around to us living together. And he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, well, we should probably live together, um, for like a year. And then we could like buy a house in California. <laughs> Mind you, I don't even know how long this was into dating, like three months into dating, three months into dating. And I was just like, yeah, and he lives in Orange County. That's where um, he's a neurosurgeon and he is attached to a hospital down here and has his like offices down here. And so for them, it's a little bit different because when they start out their practice, you build up like your clientele in a certain area. So it's much harder for them to move um, than it is for um for me to move, obviously. So that was one of the things he brought up. He was like, listen, realistically, um, while I definitely want LA to always be a part of our lives, like I'm going to have to stay in Orange County. Would you be willing to, or you be open to moving down here? And I was just like, you know, at first I had some resistance to it. Um, but when I really meditated on it, I was like, no, I'm ready for this next stage of my life. I can commute back to LA when I need to. And, you know, it's not like I'm moving to like Idaho, like I'm moving to like literally an hour away from LA. So it's very drivable <laughs> if I need to be there. Um, and I was like, yes, you know, I would. And, and it was just again, it was like a pretty casual conversation. And when we got back um, from Austria, he, I remember he told me one day, oh, I set up a couple uh, apartments for us to look at. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it's happening now, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well, you know, I guess, like, let's, you know, why not, like, my, I think his lease was up in, I don't know, end of September or something like that, so he was like, let's, let's look at it, and it just kind of happened, and I was like, wow, he's, like, really 
feeding me to every punch. But I will say at every, I have not been the girl that would jump into that. I'd actually never lived with anyone before him. I don't take those leaps in relationships lightly. I'm not someone that genuinely like rushes into things or like gets super serious with someone right away. Um, so for me, it was a real big intuition and gut check. The fact that every time we met, like we, like he kind of like, let's say pushed me to a new level of commitment, uh, invited me to a new level of commitment, I think is a better way of saying it, that I would check in with myself because my mental mind, and I don't know if any of you guys can relate to this in different ways in your relationship or your business even, but my mental mind was more programmed into the old habitual patterns, right? And I think this is a really big thing if you're looking for a breakthrough in any area of your life, whether it's relationships, business, health, whatever. You have to realize that your mental mind, right? We think, gosh, like 60,000 thoughts a day, 90% of them are the same as yesterday, right? So what often happens is even if our intuition is saying yes, 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 our mental mind can be like, no, we don't do that. Or like, oh, it's too soon. Oh, you know, it won't work out. Oh, you tried that last time, right? Our mental mind can kind of try to kaput it. But it's only doing that because it's it's coming from a place of fear. That's actually in A Course in Miracles thing um, where it talks about the, the, the things you look on, you're actually looking at the past, right? So when you, you're actually talking from the past, you're relating from the past. So sometimes what happens is we get into these places where our mental mind is running our racket. It's running our typical pattern, right? And in that moment, I was really lucky that even though my, you know, my mental mind was like, is this too soon? Like you've never lived with a guy, da, 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 you know, this whole thing, right? My full body was like, this is a hell yes, girl, celebrate. This is the, like you found your person and you can trust it and it can actually be this good. And I think that's a really big, a big lesson for everyone, right? It was a really big lesson for me, not only in relationship, but it's been like that with business on certain, on certain levels as well. It's, it's almost like we don't, <clears throat> there's so much of us that, that doesn't believe things can be that good, that when they are, we are literally like a deer in headlights. We're freaking out because like, oh, it's not supposed to be this easy. Actually, it wasn't supposed to work like that. Wait, I just signed that client. Wait, they asked me to speak and they're paying me. What? What? I got that book deal. Oh my God, this man loves me. This like this man that I love loves me and wants to live with me or wants to marry me or whatever the thing is, right? It's almost like we freak out because we're not able to receive. <clears throat> Once again, this is why, I mean, <clears throat> not to be like... <laughs> to be annoying but I'm gonna be annoying right now I'm a living testament to the work that I preach to all of you guys to do right if it hadn't been for gosh knows how many years of my Course in Miracles practice retraining my brain so that I was able to see what I, what I like to call the miracle moment which I really feel like that has given me um, my meditation and my Course in Miracles practice is it gives me that moment where I can see okay, this, this mental projection of mine that's coming is from the past, right? But when I, I can also reconnect to my truth and find that, that, that truth in it, that the truth is, that's exactly what's meant for me. 
that's exactly how it's supposed to feel. And it only feels like it's too good to be true because my, my, my mind and the consciousness of the world around me would have me believe that it had to be harder, right? But when we're in the miracle zone, when we are in the, the divine connection, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I think love more than anything, I think, is something that I think is that little glimpse of in this world where we really get to experience how it can work when it's aligned. And I think I've been really blessed to, I mean, I say blessed, but I've worked my tush off spiritually um, and invested a lot of time, energy, um, and and money, honestly, <laughs> in um, in working on that mindset, right? And being able to receive at that level. I honestly don't think if I had met my person in my late 20s, I would have been able to receive him. I certainly would not have been ready for Patrick. And um, I do think I do credit tremendously all this work. And that's why I think this work is, is the work of your life, right? I can't even tell you. So many of my clients, we end up working on this calling in their person, right? Um, this is a huge part of your life. And, and doing this work actually allowed me to receive it in joy and flow and go for it. And you best believe that there were people in my life that were like, you've only known this guy, was it four months or whatever, when we decided to move in together? Isn't this fast? And same thing on his end, right? And again, here's a guy that's science, 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 science. Practical, like practical in the dictionary. <laughs> and was telling everyone, hey, like I'm going with my gut on this. Like I, I got to go with these, this like, this like special feeling I have. <laughs> which is so sweet um and and now that of course that I know him so much deeper he is so intuitive and I feel like that could be a whole other podcast episode because he's actually you know he uses different language where he'll talk about like his gut right but he you know he does a lot of surgeries where people lives people's lives are on the line as a neurosurgeon and he's told me about times where he'll be in the middle of a surgery and he'll just get this feeling in his body that he only has like X amount of time left before that person might pass on the table. And and he's been able to prevent that. He's been able to close them up and end the surgery. And I mean, I'll have to bring him on the podcast. If you guys want that, shoot me comments or, you know, leave a, leave a review and mention like love the podcast, but bring that bring Patrick on for that episode or whatever. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so he's very intuitive too, but I, I bring that back. I'm just trying to share my story, but also really highlight the parts that I want you guys to hear as far as why I think this was able to happen as it was, as fast as it was, as aligned as it was. Um, and, and yeah, and one of the things I asked for was that one of the things I wanted was that we were engaged in about six months. And um, I, I don't know if it's been exactly six. It's been a little over. So maybe it's been six months. I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, it was about, yeah, it was a, like, it was about six months, a little bit over six, seven months um, on Christmas when he proposed. And it's interesting because both of us have said, you know, on some levels, 
Um, it feels really soon, but, but for us, it just feels like, like, this is like, this is so natural. And I think, um, the people that have spent time with both of us, uh, you know, like his parents and some of our friends and stuff also feel very much that way. Like, you know, it's funny because he was saying, he was like, I was surprised that, you know, like when, like my parents there, like, they were like, you know, when he told them about it, he was like, they were very much like, we fully a thousand percent approve and are so excited about this marriage. Um, And Patrick had been married before. um, And so that was a huge thing, I think. That was a huge thing. The fact that the people in his life saw how he was with me, saw how we were together and knew that this was unlike anything else before and that this was really true and I think similarly for people in my life that have known me for a while they've known that I've had a lot of long-term relationships and whatnot but I've never you know lived with someone before I've never taken that leap for someone before I would have never considered moving out of like the zone I love (laughs) for anyone before um and and yeah it just it is and um and so yeah it's been the most beautiful, most beautiful thing. And I think, you know, when we got, so we got engaged on Christmas and, um, the little backstory around that was that, um, (laughs) on, um, on Christmas, it was also a new moon eclipse. And I had always been like, he knows I'm so, and you guys know, cause hello, all the podcast episodes, I'm such like a magical auspicious date person and so since we've been dating I always make us like we always do a new moon ritual we moved into we moved in together on a new moon in Libra so we did a whole ritual for that about our intentions um together and then we do we do different rituals pretty much every new moon or full moon or for 11 11 I made us do stuff so he knows and I always tell him about like what's going on. It's gotten to the pack where it's really funny because um, now like some of his surgeon friends will even like ask me what's going on cosmically. Like a bunch of like kind of mishaps happened during Mercury retrograde and they were like, oh, Mercury retrograde, it's got us. <laughs> so I'm infiltrating the medical field and now they're like, I don't know. I don't know if it's for the best, but they're being extra careful during Mercury and retrograde. So feel confident about that. They definitely know how to, they're like stepping up their consciousness even more. Um, but, you know, so he knows how much that's important to me. And it was funny because on Christmas Eve, he invited me to his parents' house. We stayed in California because he was on call all throughout Christmas. So that whole week he was in and out of the hospitals and there was actually like an ins- it was so sad. There was an insane amount of like kind of car accidents and a lot of a lot of trauma that went on during that. So he was in the hospital a lot, and he passed off one of the surgeries on Christmas Eve to one of his brain surgeon friends who was able to like go in and do it because he was like, it's really important for me to go to Christmas Eve um, to, with my family and Cassandra. And, you know, he had been working like crazy. So we go and his family does a really beautiful, they're Polish from Poland. And um, they do a very Polish Christmas Eve ritual with like the seven dishes um, and prayers and blessings. And it's just very sweet. Um, And so he knew I would love it. And we did that. And there was part of me that was like, okay, maybe something's going to happen tonight because he seems to be like, 
going out of his way to like make sure we're here for this and then of course the night goes on and you know we go through all the things and we exchange gifts and like nothing happens and we're driving home and I'm kind of like I'm a little deflated because I was like well I feel like my intuition was off like I feel like I had this intuition it was pretty strong and I must have got it wrong so anyway we get home and he's walking Carl and I'm like changing for bed and stuff and then he um you know he comes in and he was he was like hey can you come in and like check out this thing by the tree I think there is something in the tree for you and I had given him his gift um earlier that day because I wanted him to I got him this really nice briefcase and he wanted to take it I, I, I knew he wanted to take something to um, his parents with his stuff in it so I gave it to him for that and um, he had already got me my Christmas gift like a couple weeks ago which was the uh, this computer that I'm recording this on <laughs> and so I thought we were like all done with Christmas gifts but then in my head I thought okay well maybe since he got me like more of like a businessy gift he like bought me something like a little you know more of like cute or whatever Anyway, I'm looking under the tree. It's like all Carl's gifts. We bought Carl like all the gifts. So <laughs> I'm like, there's no gifts for me. And I turn around and he's down on one knee and he was like, here, like this one's for you if you'll have it. And um, it was my beautiful ring. And, um, you know, I don't have to go through the whole mushy things he said. But safe to say, Patrick is a thousand times more romantically articulate than me. And so actually as part of my, I don't know if it was part of the manifestation process or just, yeah, part of my process, um, I had written a little thing in the note section of my phone of what I was going to say to him when he proposed because it has been this thing. One, I knew I was going to propose. <laughs> and two, like I just knew that like, like it was very clear between us that, that this was it, like that we were getting married, that we want to have a family, that like the whole thing. And um, it had also been this running joke between us about how he is like so much more romantically verbose and like would always, you know, say things like, you know, like, I don't even know, I can't even think of things because I'm so bad at it. But he would always say these like beautiful things to me. Um, you know, like when he told me he loved me, he was like, I've never felt this way about anyone before. I didn't even know I was capable of feeling this way. I didn't know like this kind of feeling existed. Like I feel just so grateful that I get to like experience it and be with you. And regardless of if you're ready or not to say it because of how I am, he didn't think I was ready. <laughs> he, um, he was like, I love you. Like, I'm so in love with you and I love you or whatever. And it was so beautiful. And he was like, don't say anything. Like, you don't have to say anything. And I was like, me too. I love you. <laughs> so anyway, we had this like running joke um, about that. And I was like, okay, so I really have to write something down so that whenever this happens, I have something really romantic to say back. So I wrote this thing that was romantic in my way, which is a little quippy back. Um, and I told him, and part of that was what I told you guys before. I told him that, you know, I never really knew what my husband was going to look like, um, or what he was going to do. I just knew how I was going to feel with him around. I knew, I told him in this little speech I gave, <laughs> this little iPhone note speech, that 
for years, I had meditated and visualized on what it was going to be like when I was at home in the mornings with that person there and how it always just to me felt like this big hug. Like I was always held and supported and loved even when they were not like physically in the same room as me. Um, and I just like had this feeling of like how showed up for I would feel and, and just how how right and safe and perfect it would be. And, um, and, and that's, that's how I knew was that I had been kind of feeling that feelings in that way for years, but I never actually experienced those feelings with another man until I met him. And that, you know, and that that's like, you know, how I knew he was my guy. So I feel like this is a super long episode. I hope I didn't bore some of you guys to tears. Um, I feel like, you know, I hope that you can, you know, you enjoyed some of the juicy uh, behind the scenes and maybe we'll get Patrick on to give his side of the story perhaps. Um, but all that to say, it doesn't mean that there wasn't any, you know, I feel like the overall, the overall messages, because I'm a teacher at heart, and I cannot just give you a gratuitous personal update without actually, you know, discerning some lessons for you, right, that I hope you take. So one lesson I hope you take is that if you're not with your partner right now, and you're ready for a partner, that the most important work you can do is your spiritual work. The most important work you can do is the work with your relationship with yourself. The work of being in a loving, receptive, open, worthy, abundant space of potential, right? Because in our romantic relationships, that's where our ego and our fear and our negative beliefs like pop up the most, right? And when you meet your partner, it does not mean that that ish won't pop up. And it does. And it does at each little step of the way. I can say that because of because of the work that I have done, I was able to navigate it with much more grace than ever before. I will also say that yes, there is an element to when you actually find your right person, you there is this kind of underlying, a different underlying feeling than there is before. So on some levels, I felt it was a little bit easier. I'll be honest with that. In certain levels, it was a little bit easier along the way to stay in that space because the energy I was feeling from him, and a lot of you guys that are listening are probably as intuitive as I am, my intuition about him was always so strong, right? I always, you know, and I, when I look back at some of my more like, crazy or, you know, negative behaviors in the past of relationships, it was always because my intuition knew something was off, right? That doesn't mean there were certain challenges that I didn't have to face, right? Like my fear wanted me to tell him to not come to, to, to Berlin. Like my fear wanted to call him up that night and tell him to not show up. Actually, a crazy story is his flight to Berlin got canceled because of he was in Miami for a conference. He was flying out from there. His flight got canceled because of some storm running through Miami. And he literally stayed all day in an airport to find any flight he could get so that he would still make it to Berlin in time after 
my my trip was up and literally I mean had to rebook his whole flight spent like gosh knows how many thousands of dollars and only like and told me about it after the fact and I was like babe you didn't have to do that like you could I would have understood if you just couldn't make it and he was like there is no way I would ever tell you I was showing up for you and not do everything in my human power to like follow through on that promise and this was after like a handful of days and I was like okay this is I still don't know if I want you to be my boyfriend at this point because we haven't spent that time in Europe together yet. But I was like, this is a man. And this is a man that I can count on, right? This is a man who had like a bajillion reasons that I would have understood to cancel that flight and not show up in Berlin, right? And we had already booked the hotel. So he could have just been like, you, you know, stay in the hotels. But he showed up. And so that showed a lot for me. But during that whole process, I'm not going to lie, I was super anxious about about him going through all that for me. There was part of me that was still testing, can I receive a man that's willing to show up on this level for me, right? That's literally moving mountains to make sure he gets to me, right? That's like, sleep, like took the next flight to LaGuardia because he thought he'd have a best, better chance flying out of New York to get to Europe and is like sleeping in like the Delta One lounge or whatever right, to make this happen, and just did, and showed up, and didn't bring it up again, it was just like, I had to show up, you know, and so it was at those places, right, where my receiving muscle was being tested, right, so it was a little bit different than sometimes in other cases where your anxiety is because they're not calling, or they're not showing up, right, I think sometimes that is, is teaching you something, it is saying, okay, this person is not showing up in the way I want them to show up, and there's a certain element of, yes, when you get in your power, when you get to a place where you really love your life, where you are content in your own being, and you're not looking for someone to upgrade your life or save your, it's like save you from your circumstances. You're not looking for someone that's going to make you happy, right? You're, you are a solid glowing entity and secure in your own self and that's not to say of course I you know there's still I don't see myself as like complete so to speak I have a lot of I have a lot more big things I need to do in the world a lot of other things I'm constantly improving on myself but I felt I I, I have done enough work where I do feel whole in my in my season and even in the growth that I'm in right and so I believe it's that energy that actually attracts the the real deal partner that's the part that's when you can finally call in this person that's going to be able to really meet you because i can say if i had met him or or any you know anybody 5 years ago i would not have been there but we wouldn't have even hit it off honestly right and and also, I think when you're thinking about this, when you're thinking about one of the, the exercises I have a lot of my clients do when we're working through stuff like this, like calling in their person, is asking themselves, okay, writing that list that I said, that unapologetic list of how they want it to feel, how they want this person to show up, but then also asking yourself, okay, well, what kind of, like, what what woman of my dreams do I need to be to actually be a proper match for this person, right? 
because if you want to attract someone that you know has a secure attachment style that is confident in what they do feels purposeful in their life is putting in the work is committed is you know taking care of themselves and their health is you know willing to have deep conversations is whatever right if you want someone that has all this stuff then you also have to take a look at yourself and say okay what parts of me am i like do i need to focus on to actually be the kind of partner that would that would meet them and that's not to say that like oh well you need to be you need to make more money or you need to be more fit or whatever to attract your partner no it's not that it's that your standard what happens is if you don't do those things if you don't let's say focus on doing what you love in your work or being having a happier disposition on a daily basis or having a stronger spiritual practice so you're not constantly in fear and worry and spiraling getting you know on a healthy eating plan that makes you feel good or whatever if you don't do that and you meet your dream partner you're not going to be able to hold the space for them you're not going to feel worthy of them you're and, and that is what will push them away it's not any of those other like you know external things that push them away it's going to be your overall vibration of you're too good for me you know and the the thing that i feel why and i you know <laughs> i haven't said this to him but my theory on this is you know Patrick's a neurosurgeon. He's very successful. He's attractive. He's very fit. He's very emotionally intelligent. He's very articulate. He's got a lot of great things going for him, right? But I guarantee, and he's told me this, that, you know, before me, a lot of the women that he'd meet on dates, they wouldn't be able to meet him, right? They would be either, like, they wouldn't be able to meet him head to head. And the thing that I think one of the things that attracted him to me was that even though I'm in a completely different world and we have come, you know, we're so different in our, our careers and whatnot, he was able to have so much respect for me. And I was able to have respect for him as well in his career, but not fan, I'm not like, I wasn't like a fangirl of him, you know? I was like, literally, when I remember you know, hearing about what he does and asking him some questions about it. It was really from an energy of, for me, it was really important to find someone that really loved what they did, that felt really passionate about it, that had a strong work ethic about it, that was a very ambitious about what they did. And so I was really looking for those things in our conversation, right? I wasn't in the like, oh, it's so cool that you're a doctor or whatever, right? I was like, yeah, but but why? But why did you choose this? But what made you go to medical school? But, you know, how much do you enjoy what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? But where do you see your practice building, you know? And so, I don't know, I say all that to say that working on you is the best thing, is the best investment you can do. Because then when you attract that person, you're attracting, you're going to attract your equal, right? You're going to attract a true partner. And you're going to be able to receive 
someone at the level that you dream of because you've risen to that level in yourself where you're harnessing your potential, where you're constantly expanding, where you are taking care of yourself, where you're showing up as the person you want to be in the world and therefore can attract someone else that's in that same vibrational space. So I think that that's... Um, really important work to do if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm ready for my person. Um, and the other disclaimer that I gave when, uh, when I posted about the engagement was it's so worth the wait. It's so worth the wait, ladies. I'm sure that's annoying. Um, I know I certainly had people tell me that when I was, um, when I was, you know, dating and frustrated, <laughs> but it's truly, it's truly the most beautiful gift. It's a feeling unlike any other. And I can't articulate into words just how, you know, I feel like I've had so many beautiful successes in my business. I've had so many, um, you know, I've had a lot of been really, really grateful for a lot of amazing experiences I've already had in this lifetime. But I will say that, um, finding your your partner, finding your human is just a whole other level. It's just a whole other level. Laying there in bed with him this morning, just cuddling before we got started for our day. Um, I just remember thinking like, you know, this was worth everything. This was worth everything. Um, okay, well, this is getting long. So I'm going to wrap us up. Feel free to get at me if after this podcast there are, you know, certain things you want to dive more into. I do really truly believe, of course, a miracle says this and I believe this, you know, relationships are really the teaching grounds of the Holy Spirit are, you know, are our biggest soul um flexors. <laughs> so um that's not to say that, you know, we there haven't been moments of soul flexing. Um, for sure, there have been moments where I've needed to double down on my spiritual practice. Um, and, you know, we can get into some of those later. But I will say that, um, you know, that overall, you know, relationships are huge. And if you're listening to this, I think the, the most important thing you can do is keep yourself in the game. Keep working on yourself. Keep getting yourself out there. Keep meeting people, right? If I hadn't been willing to go out on a Tuesday night when all I wanted to do was stay home, order takeout, finish my work, I would have never met my husband. I could have easily just dismissed him as another guy on a dating app, right? And I'm so glad that I had the, you know, commitment to be like, I'm going to do this even if I don't feel like it. Um, I think oftentimes now, I'll leave you with this if you're online dating. Um, we met on this app called The League because I know all of you guys are going to ask that. Um, and and I think what happens with online dating, if you're online dating, it's so easy to just like connect with people and not actually meet them in person or to bail out when you, you know, when you set, it, set a date or something like that because other things come up and you don't have any stake in this person. You know, when you meet someone at a party or through a friend or at a work thing, right? There's some like initial spark or some initial interest that allows you to keep that commitment to the first date. I think now in this modern age where a lot of us are on dating apps because we don't go to happy hours or we want to meet people but we have busy lives, um, it's really important to give yourself that 
give give yourself that that first date you know meet people if you go on a couple dates with someone and you're really not feeling it then that's fine but I think if you want to be in the game, you got to be in the game. You got to be playing because it's just like in business or work or anything in your life, right? You can't win if you don't play. You're not going to attract Mr. Right staying at home. And for those of you guys that are, you know, making business a priority in your life over dating, um, here's the thing. They can coexist side by side. I definitely think because I was largely focused on business but still honoring the space to keep those dating commitments one it brought a lot of balance to my life um because i had cut off times or i had to shut off my athena or my like working warrior goddess and swift into my aphrodite and get some dating practice and get out in the world it is good for the soul and there is so much to learn even if that person is not your guy right and two just like with work, you know, if you don't keep putting yourself out there, you know, the first couple of times you put yourself out here with work, I work with a lot of women that, you know, um, are starting their own businesses and whatnot. You know what, you might have to go through a year of crickets, putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there before you land that big speaking gig, before you get those high paying clients or before you get to whatever, right? But if you don't go through that year, of crickets where you're still putting yourself out there where you're still kind of throwing spaghetti against the world where you're still going out there and saying that is saying to the universe I believe that this is important to me and so that is I think a huge huge step for anything whether it's your business or your you know your health right it's like you might have to go to the gym for a few months before you finally figure out like a good workout routine and start seeing results. But it's that showing up every day for that thing, like putting that thing that you want. And I'm just gonna end on this ladies, because you should not be ashamed if finding love, if finding your life partner is a priority for you right now. I think I felt a lot of that shame at times in my life where I was like, I should be focusing on work. It shouldn't really matter that much. Why does it matter? Da, 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 da. It should just, it should just happen, right? Well, if you don't ever put any energy into building a business or let's say putting anything out or writing a blog or putting anything, then, you know, you know, I'm sorry, but you're not going to just, you're not going to meet some random person at Starbucks that's like, oh, are you a health coach? Can I work with you? No, you have to put it out there. And I think sometimes we realize that in other areas of our lives that like, I'm just like, you know, even though I can like pray and meditate for more abundance, I'm still going to have to follow some aligned actions. I'm still going to have to maybe get a part-time job. I'm still going to have to put out that, you know, sales page or whatever it is, right? I'm going to have to do some things to also align with the energy that I'm calling in right now. It's the same thing with dating. I think sometimes we we try to make it an exception and it's not it's not an exception you can't you know you have to be energetically creating that space for it in your life um anyway so that's just one of the things if you want to dive deeper in this um i do do one-on-one -on -one sessions i do do coaching and it's randomly in the past year even before i announced this engagement um a, a lot of the clients that i work with this has been an aspect of our work together um, so feel free to check out the links below if you're interested in talking about that further and getting clear on that for yourself. Um, and then, of course, as always, I can't recommend this Miracle Mastermind enough if you are getting the niggling feeling for it. 
it's literally going to be the most transformative experience I've ever guided anyone through because this is way beyond me, this text. This, this metaphysical mind reprogramming has transformed my life these past six years, seven years that I've been doing it. And I know without a shadow of a doubt the miracles and the magic and the complete shift in the way you operate in the world that awaits you if you are willing to make this commitment to yourself. So click the link below. Check out the Miracle Mastermind. I hope to see you in there. As always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this whole podcast. Thanks for caring. Um, I love you guys so much. You mean the world to me. If you listened to this episode and liked it, give a little screenshot, post it on Instagram, let me know you're listening to it. It does make a difference to me. I do notice, you know, what episodes people like and I want to give you guys what you like. So feel free to always reach out with new new ideas or new um, things that you want for the podcast. And if you haven't left a five-star review um, with a little comment for me, it means the world to me. It is the best way you can give back um, for this podcast and all the free content that I give. Um, because it helps other amazing spiritual seekers like yourself find divine downloads and receive um, the same ahas and breakthroughs and, and guidance that you are. So thank you so much, and I will catch you next